Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt, as well as my mom, who was ambushed and brought here essentially against her will. Little did she know. She thought we were just kind of stopping off somewhere. We've been spending the day together. We went to Wichita and uh, went to the uh, Mid-American All-Indian Museum on Seneca. Uh, the Cherokee Nation was having a, uh, what do they call those? Out, out, Meet and greet, yeah. Or Outreach out, program. Outreaches, okay. And so my mom's name is Debbie Sowers. And if this would have been something I'd have asked her to do and planned and all that good stuff, it would have never happened. So <laughs> she's not pleased with me right now, if you could only see her face. <laughs> and uh, so we kind of, uh, uh, I kind of ambushed her here. So, hi. What do you think? Well, I think you're in trouble. <laughs> 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 I so, think so too. Yeah. I think he's in trouble too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I was like, Hey, have you met Nate yet? And all that other good stuff. And then I was like, and then I started. Yeah. Cause he knows I won't, uh, kill him in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, at what point did you have the realization that this was happening? Uh, when you start rolling chairs in, you get that look on your face <laughs> of this is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> uh, speak, we were talking earlier about uh, reading certain kids by like a book and stuff like that. Is that what was happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, uh, like I was saying earlier today, we went to the Mid American All Indian Museum. The Cherokee Nation was doing an outreach, and they uh, during that outreach they they talk about culture. The chief was there. Um, uh, the chief of the Cherokee Nation. What do they call him? Just like well, it's, not, it's not chief. There's like an actual title, isn't it? Like general chief or it's, yeah. He, I I couldn't tell you. I don't I get into politics. I He's a chief to us. Um, but basically, that represents the nation, which mm-hmm. is a sovereign nation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. no different than like Sweden or He's France. He's the president or, of the Cherokee Nation. Yeah, right. Uh, and they have their own area. Their and he own, has a first lady. Yeah, right. Which is his wife. Um, and then like you could, you could sign up to get your quantum of blood, get your, get your, no, basically get on the roll. Mm-hmm. Is, is it, is it still the Dawes roll now? They there's still a, call it the Dawes, Dawes roll? roll. And then there was, I believe another role that came after that. I don't know what's in it. Freedom. Well, yeah, there was, the there Freedman. was, yeah, there was the, the Dawes roll and then the freed, Freedman roll, mm-hmm. which they started doing up until 1907. Right. But then, so now if you're on, is it just on the Cherokee roll or? I really don't know how they're okay. keeping an eye on that. Vince, I came from the Dawes roll. My, my ancestors did. And then. Uh, Where's uh, Cherokee Nation? Where they, like their capital? Their central Tahlequah. Okay. In Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then also if you already had, you were already on, a member of the nation, you already had your quantum of blood card, which they call a blue card, then you could get your photo ID. Right, and they're not so much into quantum anymore, I don't believe, quantum of blood. Well, I was wondering, do you know what the cutoff is? Because mine's decently low. You can trace your ancestries back through all of our, my great, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and their great-grandparents. And then when the Trail of Tears happened, they can trace back to when their ancestors come from there to, well, were driven from there to here. Or to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so, like, my one thing that I wanted to talk about, like, this is completely off the cuff for those of you that are listening. Like, this is not at all what I had planned or intended, but I literally was sitting outside of Walgreens. And just to let you know, I'm going to – hey, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna. Oh, throw, he texted me like two hours ago and said you're coming on the podcast. That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to talk later. <laughs> 
Nate, Nate says, hey, I'm at the store. And I was thinking, well, hell, I'm already in Hutch. And then I went, I got an idea. And so this is completely off the cuff. But, um, you know, I uh, um, I was curious. If like, I knew I was going to do a history of the Cherokee Nation to get it right, I, I better have my iPhone in front of me. <laughs> so what were, like, when I was in the other room, what were some of the things the chief was talking about? Uh bring in outreach programs to Wichita. He wanted, uh, he was talking about the, the addiction problem with opiates, uh, in the Cherokee nation and how they had put a lot of money towards, uh, trying to combat that, that they were going to face it head on. So they have the same problem as anybody else does in any other country. Um, they're doing, uh, they want people to come to Tahlequah, the nation's people, to uh, have health care. Some of it's an outreach. Um, they don't have it here, but they're trying to get, uh, like, what do they call it, telemed? Yeah, and uh, probably, like, little satellite locations. Yeah, they're trying to get that started. So they put, you know, they've he's given it thought. People behind it have put a lot of money uh, and effort into getting that done. So uh, one thing also that I can, I can remember my earliest recollection of realizing that I had any type of like Native American like blood or heritage was at <clears throat> my grandfather's house, your dad. Mm-hmm. And in his front living room, he had like a, a wood box because he had a wood burning stove in the living room. And like my one of my favorite things to do was climb on that and just or sit on it. And I remember learning uh, some of the basics of the Cherokee language while sitting there. Like mm-hmm. that's my first l- recollection. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I was doing some research. It's only, there's only like 2000 native speakers in the world of, of Cherokee, excuse me, mm-hmm. that, that can fluently speak the language. Cause I was looking for something like Babel or Duolingo or something to where you could learn it. And they said they, those companies acknowledged, you know, that we should probably have something like that because it's a, it's a dying language. But we haven't done something like that before. Um, There's and, always a bet. Yeah. And uh, so, but but you can go on to the portal if you're a part of the nation mm-hmm. and hear the spoken word. Like mm-hmm. you can type in like, hello. And if you're gone from it, you lose it. Um, people around you start talking and you'll pick up little bits and pieces of what they're talking about. But then you don't, you, you think you know what they're saying, but you've lost it. Because you're not around anymore. Yeah, I only know basics of just I know enough that you the things that you taught me in the sense of should you Greetings ever or yeah should you ever come across someone or I remember like say like if you come across their dogs mm-hmm. you know if if their dogs don't know English yeah and, it's the same way in any other language too I mean probably Spanish or uh, what would they train oh yeah they law train, enforcement like, dogs yeah, in, in German German or? Dutch. Yeah, uh, you name it. So I think it's the same with every, you know, if you have a horse, dog, whatever. It well, depends basic, on the language that they're around. What you were teaching me at the time, and keep in mind, I was probably like less than 10. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, was basically like if they, if you come up on the dog and like it, it wants to hurt you or they, they basically have it as a watchdog. And now you know what to say to get it to yeah. like stop or whatever, hopefully. And, you know, my, you grow up around your grandparents and they were always after dogs or whatever and they'd be causing trouble and you could you pick it up learning that from them and then of course that's just a few words you learn and then you're away from it and then you go home and you know your your cousins or whatever i call them cousins they're elders to me 
they they say uh they'll start talking to you in in their language your or I say their language and you say they say it's not my language it's your language and they get you know kind of gruff with you that you should be not forgetting that kind of thing you should come home more often so yeah and you've been down there several times too i mean yeah, you have not family, as much as but you have family down there yes and, yes i mean that you're still in regular communication with oh and, yes and yes. so like what what was it like when you would visit because you were you were i mean like when you were a child oh it was gone out of the house running wild and riding horses and running down the creeks and just total absolute heaven (laughs) (laughs) were they speaking the language a lot down there when you were there Uh, my cousins wouldn't do that in front of me but when they'd get aggravated about something they would jump into it or they would get into each other uh sisters they would start and i'd just kind of be there were you able to piece together anything that was being said after a while after i would stay a while and then of course you leave and you're gone for years and then you come back and it's, you know, it's gone again. You don't have anybody to, to talk back and forth to you. So unless you stay online, which now it's online before it wasn't. And the Cherokee nations really changed that. Yeah. They've, uh, you know, the, the last time they were there, cause the last time we were there is when you got your ID and that was prior to me getting my blue card. Yeah. That's been, and that was many years ago, like probably 10 years ago, maybe At or least. so. And there was maybe that day. I remember like sitting in these small groups. There was maybe fifty people there, maybe mm-hmm. that I remember. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. They, I don't think they were printing cards that day. I, I think you had to wait. Yeah, I would have never got it then. But it was my elders that were saying, you know, you need to get this done. You're part of the nation. You're. I said, but I don't. But I don't live here. I don't live on the reservation. I don't. You know, I haven't been a part of this heritage. I don't. You know, I've lived. In a whole different world. And that aggravated them. You know, they said, that's not true. That's, you know, that runs in your veins. It is who so, you are. Yeah. And you, you So know. I decided, well, I'll get it. And then, then of course, my, my elders kept on to me about, well, what about your child? What about your, you know. So that's what, that's who started it. And I'd say today in that museum, and it was supposed to be an outdoor event, but of course it was like, what, 37 mm-hmm. degrees yeah, today or whatever. Chilly. Uh, plus the wind, which the wind chill probably made it closer to freezing. Um, which, you know, we're from small town America and we couldn't park right in front of the door and walk in. So, you know, we had to park around the, around the bend a ways and walk in. And, um, but, uh, there was probably 300 people there today, at yeah, least. At least. And when I first got in line to get my photo ID, which was easy for me because I already had my blue card. So I had my, my registration number. All I had to put was my name, my registration number, some info, sign it. And they said, okay, hey, we'll probably, we'll call your name in about 20 minutes. So I just stood there for 20 minutes and then they call my name. Well, I'm standing right next to the table where people are coming up to like give their form. And they started telling those people like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the, I saw one guy come up and motion and he made like a, uh, for those on audio listening, I'm doing a hand gesture and like my hands moving in a hook. That he went and he pointed at the door talking to the guy that was on the microphone calling names. And he was like, hey, you know, and he showed like a hook and you saw the guy kind of look out. Well, people were out there wrapped around on the inside of the building where they were standing in line. And so I bet you for those people, that wait was probably closer to two hours, mm-hmm. if wow. not more. 
just to get the photo. And that was just the photo ID. Now, there were other people in line that were trying to get registered with the nation to get their their blue card. Um, and that line was that line was in the That's in the room with the photo IDs was like horseshoe already. Mm-hmm. And there and you know, so then you have to have like your DAWs roll number and everything well, basically ready. Not necessarily the DAWs, but depending on or, where yeah. your ancestors. Yeah. And and have that stuff basically ready. But it was interesting because you know, I saw every fabric of what makes America there today. I saw Asians, I saw um African Americans, I saw Hispanics. I saw, you know, obviously white people. I saw good old boys. I saw people with tattoos and gauges. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw veterans. I mean, you name it, every fabric old, of. young. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all the way from the, probably I saw a maybe one-year-old kid was probably the lowest that I saw up to, you know, elderly people that I wouldn't even guess mm-hmm. their age. But um, it was interesting. And uh, it was interesting to see the differences in the people as well. Because some were definitely very respectful and, you know, upright, whereas others you could tell were the parts of society that, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily align with or like, at least me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a, an overall interesting experience to go down there. And I had a lot of nervousness and reservations about it, to be honest, yeah, and anxiety. I, but I used to have that. But until my elders start talking to me about it, say, you know, I'm not that, I'm not that world. I'm not, I've never lived in your world. I've never, you know, and they, one, especially my aunt, she got very aggravated with me because I kept saying your world and your, I've never lived there. And I don't want to uh, pretend that I'm something. And she goes, how can it be pretend? You know, you're, I'm here and your ancestors were here and your grandparents were here and you know, look what they come through. And how can you say that you're pretending? Yeah. I mean, that, that without getting too deep into the weeds, that was kind of my reservation was essentially riding on the coattails of rugged individuals that went through literal hell on earth and survived and were able to pass their genetics on to me. You know, that's kind of the lens I was looking at it through. Hmm. So, which... I, you got an interesting smile on your face right now. I'm thinking of the things I'm going to do afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just keep sucking down the scooters. You'll feel... wonder, is that serial, does that look like serial killer? No. <laughs> hey, hey, is there any way you can run by scooters real quick and grab another coffee? <laughs> yeah. So that she may be like... this one's out. Maybe that'll soothe the savage beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, nope, you deserve it. You and him are good for each other. <laughs> He's only agreeing with you so he can get on your good side. He just met you. He's got to do that. <laughs> I already gauged him already. That's another thing. Like, she's really good at that. So, enjoy. She knows everything about you just by looking you are at you. too. It's kind of your job. Uh, you should see her. She makes me look like a bitch. <laughs> she doesn't talk that way around your mother. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Another another quality I, te- I learned. I did treat teaching that. I was going to say another quality I learned from my mother. If not by telling, by him seeing. Can I can I tell him? Can I tell the story about the one time you asked me if, or I asked you for money and what you told me I shouldn't have done away from the dinner table? When it comes to uh, I honesty. would prefer <laughs> that. Not now everybody's going to be asking me about. Uh. Is that one of those learning moments? 
<laughs> well, we talk that you it, would really? actually repeat it. Yeah. I tell the story once in a while. I know you do, but no, not in my we hearing distance. Yeah, we can t- now we can tell it to a potentially international audience. We're listened to in like eight different countries. <laughs> Everybody can know. No. no. <laughs> so what'd you do today or this week, Nate? Anything fun? Mm, worked. Yeah. How, this is what week three or was mm-hmm. week three. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still working on your house? Yep. We're going to work on it Monday and Tuesday next week. Yeah. Took and my th- test last Thursday. Failed. Didn't fail. Had a 72 and needed a 75. Which test? Which test? My general contractors. There you go. So I'm going back Tuesday to take it again. Yeah. And it is open book though, right? So like it's just, you can, you think you'll get it this time? Yeah. Basically, like you just have to learn how to use the book to find the, the codes for whatever city. How, I mean, honestly, how often in building stuff do you really use that? Well, there's some stuff in there that we use a lot, like the span tables in there. Shows you like how far you can span, uh, like trusses or floor joists, trusses. Oh, okay, gotcha. either way. Oh. How how long you can span a two by ten, you know, without having support to double them up or up, move up to a two by twelve or something like that. And then, so like, is it just basically everything you need to know about how to quote unquote properly build something? Pretty much. Yeah. It, 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 there's like a foundation section, walls, roofs, floors, ceilings. Fireplaces. Look how important that is. Emergency exits. Um, Remember how we were talking about. Ingress windows and then everything about the permits. So that's the first 450, 500 pages of that book. The, uh, remember how we were talking about like all the things up to code and, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's how what much he's money it about. costs when it's not and you have to fix it. Well, more importantly, if, if he were to install it and it weren't up to code, it would be on him to fix. Yeah, I'd probably lose my license. Yeah. So. Yeah, we were complaining a little bit about the codes and stuff like that. That is to find. Yeah, and I'm only like in the first third of this book with the code. I'm just getting my C, so there's a B and an A on top of it. Well, I'm just gonna get this one originally, and then maybe upgrade eventually. But the A, like you can do anything. You can build um, two, three, four, five level buildings and all commercial stuff, and don't really need that little sterling. The, Not right uh, now. So it's only week three, but um, how is it being kind of boss man? Is it? Have you got that stressful yet, or mm-hmm. the or the had to handle any issues or anything like that? Nah, no, no issues or anything. Just, I mean, it's all still honeymoon stage. To be honest, it'll eventually come, my friend. Yeah, it'll it's eventually just, come. Well, it's a lifestyle now. It's twenty four seven working. Yep. This coming from the guy that said, I'm going to go out on my own so I can control my hours and work eight to five. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. Well, the thing, like, I mean, I work every day, but like today I came in here and studied and knocked out some bookwork. And well, once you get that done, there'll be something else. Most time. But and, and remember, I've always been your friend that was with you from the beginning. And did a podcast with you and spent time with you and drank beers with you. So when I need a large sum of money given to me and you you have put in all the work and done all the effort, don't forget about me, okay? Uh, okay. Got you. Yeah, I can more like, like you think if it's I come successful. into a lot of money, I'm not going to forget about you and you're going to build what I Hey, right. that, yeah, what that I, too. That. What I dream of. I'm going to hand you that money, and you're going to build it. When I, when I, learn, when I lo- win the lottery that I don't play. You take that for granted, people... I think that's interesting. Somebody can just take something and build something out of it. Well, I know. Well, he th- and they think it's easy and it's not. Well, he's the same way when it comes to like me working on computers. He's like, 
what? Or yeah. all of this. Like I, you know, I, I basically oh. put all this together. A lot of people look at it as like this week of work is worth this much money. You know, like they think that all that's gone into that is that week mm-hmm. when it's the years all and the years plan. and years of experience mm-hmm. that really make it to where we can do that in a week and not three weeks, mm-hmm. you know? Well, but the thing is, so one thing I talk about Nate regularly to people is he's a young man that is advanced beyond his years. Like that's why we get along. And one of the, one of the many reasons we get along. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know. I think I've only maybe pissed you off a couple times that I can think of. But it, it takes it takes a lot to get me fired up. But oh, we um, can do it. But uh, I'm good at finding those buttons to push on people too and pissing people off. <laughs> um, but you know the thing is, is like you know you you realize that putting in that work over time is what's going to get you to like where you need to be and what you need to do. You won't get so, rich overnight. No, but it's just it's just interesting to see the the processes that you're going through because you've also got this business as well. And, and working on CBD it stuff. And, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a lot, but it, it is nice. Cause like if I've got to drop stuff in the afternoon or in the morning and go have a meeting for this, I can do it now for high point farms. Yeah. And then I can just make up some of that other work some other time. Yeah. So you basically have a little bit of fluidity in your schedule now. I don't have to ask someone to really get out and go do something. I can just go do it for the most part. You know, like I'm obviously I'm going to be like, Hey, got vacation scheduled here <laughs> you know like i'm gonna be gone yeah i scheduled a bunch of jobs have fun guys yeah. bye <laughs> throw a tablet at him and go to town <laughs> well but also another thing that i think is interesting is you kind of got put in an interesting situation with hood construction where it was like here are the plans and you essentially figured it out mm-hmm. i mean was derek there at the time in the beginning uh like when we started with certain jobs yes yeah, certain jobs no okay so i mean how, just do you think that's just you working on the farm and doing things with your dad and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that and helped a busy you? Bee. That helped you build that stuff. The problem solving skills. Yep. Huh. So our, our school definitely taught you that, right? Yeah. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I was a terrible student. I mean, I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't great. Um. Yeah. They they definitely taught you how to like, you know, do spans and joists and mm-hmm. you know, well, living on a farm too mm-hmm. helped them because like. Did you help your dad with the addition on the house that they did? Like Mm-mm. upstairs or whatever? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. That was when I was a baby. Oh, okay. Or just before I was born when they finished well, all that. But also it was interesting to see his dad and his brain working because they were like pointing at p- pieces of the house, talking about measurements and how things worked and where trusses were and this truss was weird and this part was a pain in the ass. And like it was almost, it was like math equations that I didn't understand flying in front of my face, <laughs> but made perfect sense to them. Mm-hmm. So would you talk about that whole, you take it for granted? Like that's a skill set that is missing from our society along with HVAC. We and found plumbing. out how taking it for granted when a tree fell in our house. Yeah. Nobody could get there. Nobody could do the work. Nobody, everybody was, the few that were, could, were busy. And you have this gaping hole in your roof, clear down to the inside of your bedroom. <laughs> yep, that's a lot. Yeah. That's so, a big job. Yeah, that broke trust. <clears throat> that broke the, what do you call it? The, like in the attic. Yeah, the attic. The trusses. They all broke and it. the tree came on down and hit the top of the bedroom and it went. <clears throat> and just Like your bedroom? And went. Were you guys in there? And it, I was for 
just five seconds until I got up, the wind hit the house. I get up, I go storming. I get up, I go small bedroom, go to the bedroom door. And it was like a <laughs> bomb going off behind you. I actually thought I was in a tornado mm-hmm. and I ended up in the living room with my cell phone in my hand. And I went, <laughs> start dialing 911, telling them, I think my house is on fire. Because then the I had, for some reason, I don't remember doing it, but I turned the whole light on as I went by. And the rain coming in hit the electrical system upstairs. Mm-hmm. And it started sparking, arcing. And so I go running downstairs and <sighs> shut off the main. And then you could hear the house shuddering. Crackling you know, a little bit. Yeah, and, and then it would rumble. The house would rumble like it was. And I was like, oh. And so I go in there and go, holy. And I woke up to, because I was in Texas when that happened with my wife. And How long ago did this happen? Watching the kids. That was probably. What? 18, 2018, I think. Okay. okay. I was going to say three years. But um, but there, the pic, first picture I remember seeing is the ceiling fan with water literally running out of it. Mm-hmm. Ran in the house for 45 minutes. Went all the way to the basement. But that was a heck of a remodel. I just sat in the living room going, it's going to fall in. It's going to fall in. Because there was a major storm going on in mm-hmm. dispatch. I said, I think my house is going to catch on fire. And she goes, ma'am, you realize that we got a major storm going on, right? I don't give a shit. Dispatch the people. It's what they and get I was paid like, for. I know that, ma'am. But just letting you know. <laughs> and um, once, you know, it finally the wind let up and the rain and all that, uh, I got up and ran to the front door and went, Look out. Okay, it's safe. I run out and look like this, and there's this massive. It's probably as big as one and a half of our podcast table. The mm-hmm. base of it yeah. is pretty big. That'd be like the one that was at my grandparents blew down. It was massive like that, too. Like a 130-year-old American yeah. elm tree. Mm-hmm. Well, but the thing is, they'd been telling the neighbors, like, hey, that thing's dead. Like, can you please take care and of it? They can you please take it care of it? Because it still had green little saplings coming out of it where well, the centerpiece, of course, when it come out of the ground, mm-hmm. the centerpiece was totally dead. All the roots that held the tree, it was just the offshoot of the roots that were keeping mm-hmm. the saplings and that alive. But, yeah. Got my attention. I'm sure it did. I bet it woke you up. And then, you know, once the rain quit and I saw what was there, I went. And then all of a sudden, here come law enforcement and everything. They heard dispatch. Uh, dispatch out our address and they went the benefit of small town america i know that address so you know here come fire trucks and sheriff's department Mm -hmm. ems (laughs) no ems wasn't there but uh so the 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 fire guys come in and said you know and during this time it was raining and i thought oh my god so i just start i don't at this time i don't know there's a tree on my house Mm -hmm. But I just start taking everything and throwing it into baskets because it's just pouring in the room. And I'm trying to push the, you know, mattress up so that the rain's not going to hit futile. But anyway, so all the stuff coming off the dressers, I was trying to get everything, you know. So fire department kind of, and I'm dragging it out in the hallway, you know. And fire department showed up and they were super cool, they said. You know, can we help you move your dressers? Can we help you move your bed out? So there's not that much. I said, it's rained in there for 45 minutes. Whatever's going to be done is done. Yep. Well, then one of the most interesting parts about that story to me is is, uh, one of the first people to show up and help, truly help, 
Yes. Uh, was Stu- was yeah was Stuart Miller. And the interesting thing about Stuart Miller is, my dad arrested him a lot and <laughs> fought with him a lot. And you know, and back in the day, mm-hmm. and like when he was a high school younger guy. No, he would have well, been. He would have been thirties. Yeah. Um, but he turned his life around. Yeah, I mean, he was into drugs and alcohol and everything. From from my recollection of being a kid, I think it was alcohol. Uh, just um, being wild. Yeah, but you can tell he's had a rough life. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he since turned it around and he mm-hmm. said, he said, hey, I can make a phone call. You want me to help you get, I mean, yeah, of all the people in the world that would show up and yeah, offer and help. Yeah, and I even asked him. Uh, so I'm there and and my husband's not home because he's at his house watching the kids. They decided that they'd be at their house. It'd be easier just to have their own beds since they were in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm out during the day now looking at the damage, thinking, I don't know what to do. And so... Of course, call the insurance company, and yeah. it's a weekend, and you call clear into Texas, and they said, we don't care what it takes, get the tree off the house. Whatever it takes, get it off. So, Stuart drives by the first time, and I'm out there looking at the tree like, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Who do I and, call? And uh, then here he comes back by, and then he goes back by the other way, and finally he pulls in the driveway, and he says, hey, you know, be in the story. He says, do you need any... Do you need any, uh, I can help you. And I go, okay. And he goes, I can get somebody here and we can get that, we can get this tree off the house. We'll have to do some cuttings, you know, but I can, I can get people here. Mm -hmm. Do you need help? And I go, I need help. And he goes, all right. So he leaves and pretty soon, you know, after a while I helped him with a chainsaw and we were cutting limbs, you know, because it went... The limbs had went down and went into the siding of the house and mm-hmm. into the windows, you know, the bathroom and, you know, the bedroom and all that. So uh, we used chainsaw. Of course, by this time, my brother's arrived, you know, when we're in the middle of it, he's found out, you know, I've called him. He said, why didn't you not call me the first time? So he gets there. But uh, pretty soon here comes a, um, it's not Sterling drilling now, but. It, it's it's sterling drilling okay or sterling trucking is what they call okay it, here come a big sterling dr- truck a pole truck mm-hmm. and they get on this big tree mm-hmm. and cut it to where it's not at least where it can fall and uh it took some big chainsaws to get that done and then they loaded that whole thing on the truck and when it loaded it just the truck just Squatted way squatted down. Squatted way down. And, you know, you had law enforcement there holding traffic and that while they could try to get this tree on. And mm-hmm. It was quite a sight. And I can only imagine what that bill was on a Sunday. Yeah. Calling Sterling Trucking out to do something like that. Yeah. It was probably decently expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but the important piece of the equation is, is like, you know, Stuart showed up and offered his help. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, considering the history. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody you, yeah, like he said, history. And, and I asked him, I said, I got to ask you. I just don't get this. And he go, I said, I think my husband maybe arrested you before. And why would you stop to help me? And he goes, well, you needed it, didn't you? I go, yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with that. I mean, it was pretty simple. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I know. Do you know Craig Swick? Mm-hmm. Craig. Yeah. I used to work for him. Mm-hmm. Up a busy bee. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents had a tornado in 2019. Mm-hmm. And... He sent his payloader with grapples, a skid steer, and then a crew of four guys down for a week 
and it's totally cool. And we cleaned up the tornado mess that was there. I mean, it destroyed every building on the property and trees everywhere. And they had a tree like that fall in their garage, crush it flat, mm-hmm. crush both vehicles in it, and like holy cow, it was a disaster. Blew down the hundred and thirty year old barn on the property. And That's a loss. Yep, it was. Well, there's people out there, you just don't know it, and they drive by, and you think, of all people that drove by that morning, of course, there was a lot of people that we knew mm-hmm. that were cleaning up their own, they didn't even know anything like that happened, and some of them only knew it because somebody happened to go by and take a picture of it, and it ended up on the news, and they went, wait a minute. I know that place. <laughs> I think I know who that is. So then they start calling you, but by that time, you've got... Most of it cleaned up. Stuart stopped, and he's got the truck there already, and... Yep. And then you got, you know, Josh Toaston showing up, kind of standing there looking, going, and you got Brother and Howie, and they're trying to rough in the ceiling, or the, the roof, because roof. it's supposed to go at it again. Mm-hmm. And then trying to find a construction company that could actually... Get there and work on it. Or even want to work on it. Mm-hmm. Because when they realized, you know, the house yeah, I think is they were, pretty... they were worried about what to replace, what not to replace, and... Yeah, that's one of those deals, like, I... I feel like it. Did you have, have an engineer come out or an architect uh, come look at it? I have no idea. Because I know a lot of times, like, my grandpa had one come out to his house and look at it after that tornado. Because the house wasn't touched. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing that didn't have any damage. But that big tree was, I mean, from me to the, like, 30 foot from their back door, basically, that it blew down. He's like, mm-hmm. there's no way. He had him come out and check the foundation and everything on that house and nothing. Because it can, I mean, that it could move your house yeah, foundation. Right. I mean, that's that's a ton of weight coming down on the ground, and I mean, the ground feels hard, but there is some squishiness there in when that much weight's coming down. And well, it's then, amazing how the house would shudder, yeah, and pop, you know, and it'd shudder again. You know, you could feel the whole house under you, and you're like, "Should I leave? Should I go out in the garage?" <laughs> yeah, oh, but like you said, you didn't know there was a tree. On the house, but initially, I knew something bad was wrong. Yeah, but like you didn't know it was a tree to where you would have been thinking to yourself, "Oh crap, it's going to fall in on yeah, me." Yeah, I, I never should... thought it was that tree. Yeah, when uh when I was a kid, my there was a tornado that was close to my parents' house. We actually, this is the only time I ever went to the basement, like living out there. Went to the basement, and then we stormed past whatever. Looked at the house, no issues. Well, it was. A few weeks later, we started hearing birds in the attic, and my dad got up there to look and see what was going on, and he walked up the stairs, and there was about an inch of sunlight all the way around. Where it tried to take the roof? It, it pulled the, the roof up wow. an inch all the way around the top of that house. They had oh, to have the whole the thing replaced. The... They had to replace the whole thing. Huh. Well, it took four... And oh, once the roof goes, the rest of the, the house goes. Out, yeah. Whatever they are trusses mm-hmm. for them on that side of the house and when they got in there they said well this house was built well yeah they said unfortunately the beams that are going back in there probably not made as good as the ones that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are uh, in it we did that house across from the tennis courts there in sterling the one that caught on fire yeah and we had to josh replace. josh hoag's old house that he lived there in sterling on third mm-hmm. in washington we had to uh replace five trusses that burnt out in there <clears throat> which just cut the whole roof off and reset those trusses, redeck it all. It was an interesting process. Yeah. Did you have an engineer come look at it first? 
I don't know on that one. <laughs> there could have been. I don't. See, you take that for granted. That's that's something that shouldn't be taken for granted. Yeah. Somebody that can actually build something with their hands. Think it through and build it. That's That'd be this man. That's amazing, I think, to That myself. guy right there. Because I can build it. it. If you tell me your ideas, it, I'm going to struggle designing it. Like, right. from the cosmetic standpoint. That's what guys like Brandon are good at doing that kind of thing. But I can, he can hand me a piece of paper and I can build it. Wow. Well, so just a conversation. See, was that so bad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't bad at all. <laughs> See, it's just that's all it is. Podcasting is just a conversation. Mm-hmm. And this, and this, got, this kind of conversation is missing from our society. This is why we do and it. And you got. Uh, Banned from. You don't get to go to family Christmas next year. Okay. I mean, I can I can cook prime rib and eat it at home. I guess. Oh. Okay. He's the one that whines when you say I'm patching, I'm passing the torch. Usually, in my family, you have to die before the torch gets passed of who's going to have family dinners from that point mm-hmm. forward. I, I do not whine <laughs> about having to cook food. I love no, cooking food. I said of it not happening. Oh. Okay. Got you. Well, coming up on time. You want to wrap it up, homie? Sounds like a plan right. to me. Thanks for listening to the Higher Points, guys. Um, we appreciate it. Um, we'd uh, also appreciate it if you guys would uh, like us on social media and give us a share. Um, our Instagram's at the Higher Points. Um, give us a like and share on Facebook, too. Check out the website. And don't forget that we are uh, renting out the podcast space and if anybody needs advice getting started on that or uh, with just some simple business stuff, just give us a holler. Thank you. Catch up with you guys next week. See you later.